Sonic States. Coming up on Sonic Talk, we take a look at Abbey Road's online mixing service and ask, can services like this work well? Roland's Armix V remastering program and Chrome gets a native synth. Plus, what would you do if you just had the time? Sonic Talk is brought to you by Yamaha. Please do check out the pocket track recorders, the W24 and C24, the smallest high-resolution pocket recorders available on the market today. It's yamahasynth.com, yamahadownload.com, and by Mac Pro Video. Save 20% on any download course by visiting the URL sonicstate.com forward slash MPV to collect your coupon. Hello and welcome everybody to Sonic Talk number 235, recording to live today on Wednesday, the 21st of September, 2011 of your Earth years. Uh, welcome to everybody. We've got a live chat room and a live stream for those of you who've never done this before. SonicState.com forward slash live at 4pm UK time. You can participate in the chat room. We like to call it our giant turbo brain that uh, is available to engage at a at a moment's notice, uh, filling us in on all the facts that perhaps aren't immediately at our grasp. So thanks to them, thanks to everybody for joining us. And also want to say thanks to uh, all our panellists who are locally. I'm going to flip now and you will see them in all their glory. Hello everybody, um, we've got uh, obviously a, fam- well, a, f- a face that is familiar to the panellists but we haven't seen him for some time. We have non-Eric from musotalk.de, there he is sporting the, the t-shirt. Make more music, musotalk.tv. I remember, and you seem to have, you've got a new catchphrase, isn't that? That's a stay streaming. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had complaints from my German uh, viewers, and they said, this is not right English. This is wrong. It needs to be keep streaming. And I said, (laughs) well. (laughs) Not as catchy, perhaps. uh, is, is, Is stay streaming correct? I I don't see why not. It's like alliteration, isn't it? It sort of works as a as a catchphrase. There we are. Yeah. Well, anyway, welcome musotalk.de. Uh, Hans is or Noner is is kind of in the same business as we are, but in German language. So he does lots and lots of great video content, podcasts, reviews, features, interviews, the whole works. Uh, we we meet up occasionally um, at trade fairs around the world and uh, via the wonders of Skype. So uh, welcome to you, Hans. Thanks. Welcome to everybody. And also, uh, let's say hello to the other face there that we can see looming out of the uh, the darkness of his uh, mysterious room full of synthesizers. Oh. Appears to be Dave Spears from G4 Software. At least I can just make him out there. Yeah, that would be me. How are you, Dave? out of the dark room. I'm all right, yeah. Still moaning about my back and whatnot. Oh, hey. your back still... Well, it's... it's the, the back is just one of those things that is uh, a constant problem to people such as us who sit in front of computers all day and don't do any physical activity. I speak for myself yeah. there. Yes, it's definitely that lack of physical activity, I think, that's caught up with me. Well, anyway, that, that, that's, that's probably a whole new topic. Perhaps how do we counteract? But anyway, welcome, g4software.com. And okay. we've also got two other video participants. I think this is a first for a while. We've got four live video streamers. So down there beneath Dave, uh, only in a physical sense and soon to be joining us on the top row, is Gaz Williams, songsurgeon.co.u, producer, uh, engineer, songwriter, song surgeon, in fact, songsurgeon.co.uk. How are you, Gaz? Yeah, really good. And um, I just wanted to mention something. Um, last night, I, uh, I I went to a party, and um, there was a uh, 
I, I did a little experiment. Uh, there was a lo- load of good musicians there and uh, there was a jam going on. So I, I took the iPad along and uh, I was trying to see out of interest which of the different apps would actually kind of work well in a kind of kind of like an acoustic jam kind of situation. There okay. was uh, people playing sort of um, different sort of percussion instruments. There's some acoustic guitar and some flutes and saxophones, that kind of thing. So. So I went through a bunch of the different apps and just tried to see which one, you know, I, I set up a, a little Roland amplifier, just sort of off to the side. I didn't want to sort I just wanted to try and blend in, in in a way. And then I just tried to sort of, I tried out a few of the apps just to see if you could actually use the iPad in that kind of context. Sort of real time, fast yeah. action kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like a freestyle jam and just, um, and just trying to join in on things. And, um, out of the different apps that I tried, I think the Synth X one, which is by Way Outwear, was the one that actually really worked really, really well. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah, and it was kind of, it's, it's very expressive because you can kind of, as you, you know, you can kind of, there's like um, vertical lines which represent notes. And, oh, yeah, no, I, I, I know that. And I, it's kind of, there's a, there's a sort of hark and continuum vibe. I was just thinking, actually, Gaz, um, it feels almost like there should have been a set of bongos, really. That would have been the kind of perfect, <laughs> the perfect party piece, like a pair of bongos to join in with the jam. I, no, well, I, did, I tried it. I did try it. I tried it with like a Darbuka thing, and, uh, but it just sounded rubbish. So, um, and I tried like using GarageBand, some of the instruments on GarageBand, but I just, I don't know. It, for me, it wasn't really, it just wasn't really working so well. But, but the thing that was cool with the Synth X thing was it was a really funky kind of sound. I mean, that Synth X is based on the ARP Axe um, that Way Out Wear release. I think it's pretty much the same code. Uh, I know it's compatible with the, the patches made on that one. All right, okay. Uh, and it's playing like a funky, funky kind of synth bass kind of thing. <laughs> And got the room jumping, man. People started dancing and, uh, yeah, it was groovy. So it did pass the test there. But me just blending into the background with it didn't work. And You you, you had to take centre stage. Well, everyone's kind of so interested in it because it's quite an unusual thing to do. Um, I suppose. Come uh, on, you can't say that you wouldn't expect (laughs) that to happen, though, surely, in a room full of people (laughs) with acoustic instruments and you pull out the, the funky worm. (laughs) <laughs> well but it was i just thought i'd mention it though because it was quite interesting and it, it, yeah, it was really good and i think i think the thing that was good with the syntax was so because along the kind of vertical lines you know you can control the um like the cutoff uh so you know i was kind of getting quite expressive with it and it was working really well it's just one little one little thing quickly i wanted to mention as well was um i used this what the hell is that this oh is yeah called- this is called a Brefo Spider Podium, and you can get them for the uh, and you can get them for uh, iPhones and the like as well. And these things are they're not iPad specific. You could use them on any tablet, and it's a, it's like a multi-purpose stand. And what you can do with it, you can kind of um, uh, you, you can well you can lock it onto your onto your tablet or your iPad or whatever. Uh, it's it and. You can wrap it around things like mic stands and stuff. Oh, and it right. It's kind of like one on. of those gorilla gorilla um, stands for uh, yeah. cameras. Yeah, like I've got I've, I've got one of those on this. What I found was particularly useful though was um, anyone who's used an iPad will probably know it can be quite a slippy a slippy thing. You know, it's um, yeah. But I found I could wrap it around my wrist, so it was like a massive 
watch. watch. <laughs> 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 and you wondered why people, but why why you took centre stage? Are you sort of prior <laughs> with a watch the size of a television? <laughs> yes, but anyway, so that was my experience yesterday. Anyway. Fantastic. Yeah, so. I, I've got. A, uh, well, thank you very much, guys. Perhaps we can talk a little bit more about that later. I also want to say hello to Rich Hilton, Hiltonius.com. No, not Hiltonius.com. You can find him on the interweb. Works with Nile Rogers no, on a daily basis. Sorry, Hilton. Oh, will it? Oh, it does. Ah, Hiltonius.com. I think we'll stick with that then. Rich, nice to have you. Um, I know that you're... Um, you settled back from your, 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 your jet setting. Well, I saw the video of you after our last show at uh, Sheik and Hyde Park. It looked absolutely awesome. Yeah, it was quite a view. Um, yeah, I'm home and uh, happy to be home and enjoying the early autumn in Connecticut. It's a beautiful time of year here, and uh, we're having some gorgeous weather and, uh, and getting some things done in the studio, and it's all good. Excellent. Lots of interesting projects on the go at the moment? Um, yeah, a bunch of different things that I'm doing. Uh, some of them relate to making a better recording studio, and some of them relate to getting projects done. Uh, but it's all good and it's all exciting to me and, uh, you know, continuing to learn new things and study up. So it's all, it's all been really productive. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to have you with us. So, um, let's try and get, so well, on the subject of recording studios, it seems like pro- probably a good point to jump straight into our first topic, which is the online mixing, abbeyroadonlinemixing.com. Uh, I'll just flip, I think I can show you the, uh, yes, here we go. There's the, there's the screen there. I mean, basically what this is, is an online mixing service that allows you to, uh, Upload your tracks, 1 to 24 multi-tracks for a fixed price, 24 to 48 uh, for another price. Extra charges apply for over s- songs over six minutes. I mean, it's a new thing by uh, Abbey Road, and obviously they're cashing in on the brand, which is a fantastic recording studio brand. So what you can do is you can up- upload your stuff, and you can have uh, one of their engineers mix a track for you. I'm just wondering whether or not it's feasible. I mean, obviously, there's a because the, the, looking, we're looking at the, f- uh, the FAQ here, which basically seems to just say... Uh, can I, can I, can I, all the answers are sort of, no, you can't. Um, so, <laughs> but, but basically you could, you get to use all of their kit. You can't choose the engineer that you want, but you get one of their experienced people. I'm just wondering, do you think this thing sort of thing can work? I mean, cause obviously I mean, one thing they do ask for is, you know, send us a track for reference. If you've got any demo mixes, if you've got, uh, any kind of, um, situation a track you want it to sound like any kind of approaches that you've tried all this kind of thing is stuff that you need to kind of feed to the engineer so that they can make a good job i mean i know we've been looking at unattended mixes i mean as a a lot of mix engineers and certainly myself i prefer mixing or at least part of the mix without somebody there i'm just wondering whether or not uh, this is uh this is going to work out anyone ever tried any of this sort of thing I guess, Rich, you've probably been working on projects where you get sent stuff to finish off. I mean, so it's, it's the same sort of thing, right? I guess it is, but it's not really marketed in the, at all the same way. In other words, I do that on behalf of a person who people seek out and contract for these services. And I guess to that extent, conversationally, it's similar. But but uh, this is the case of trying to, as you said, market a brand towards a goal of selling services that are otherwise not being filled in your available rooms. And it makes a lot of sense from the standpoint of wanting to generate business. Past attempts by various people, some of whom I know very well, at marketing a service whereby you contract famous people, and and in those cases, you could even specify which famous people, 
right. are then going to work on your project and you negotiate a fee, et cetera, et cetera. And there've been a number of different attempts. Uh, my friend Gina had one called E-Session, but I believe there've been others as well. And uh, it hasn't always worked out so well in practice. In other words, it works out fine for the people who choose to do it. It's just a hard thing to market to people. And it's hard to convince people that they need to spend that money when they already have their own gear and think that they already know what they're doing for better or for worse. Mm. So, um, I, I don't, I don't say that it can't work. And I think that marketing it as Abbey road studios is different than marketing it as something like E session where you have these individually subscribed famous guys who then work on your pieces of music. So it's not the same really. And, uh, we'll see, but, uh, I'm cautious in my optimism. Uh, Mac Doctor says in the chat room, how many revisions uh, do you, you know, how many revisions do you get? How many goes do you get before you approve the final mix? And I'm guessing that uh, I th what it says you here. Get one. Well, it says uh, mix revision is a reasonable number of minor tweaks or levels, sonic adjustments within the mix. So I, get, I, don't, I can't see that from here. It's too far away on my screen. Did, is that what you say, guys? You, they yeah, only get one. You get one revision, but I mean, that revision could be numerous tweaks. Ah, so you got a, you, you get one submission of a document with all the tweaks in. Yeah. Well, um, if I may add something. Of course, carry on. Um, as um, some of you guys know, I was running a still uh, available service, Digital Musician, which was kind of going to a, a similar direction, close to what Gina is doing now but uh, more on a community level. So less famous people, more, you know, buddy, help me, I help you sort of thing. Uh, I think what is really missing is this direct feedback loop. It's like playing chess uh, via email in a way, you know, <laughs> versus play with somebody that you face. And I think it could work if there would be, and it's technologically possible because we're we are showing that it works now um, why is that it probably makes more sense if there's a, feed, a direct feedback loop if i had a live stream at some point and i could have a direct interaction via skype or iChat and discuss with the engineer uh, what i like because even if i get the possibility to do revisions how do i i mean my users on digital musician they had a problem voicing what they wanted not describing musically where the direction is supposed to go. So I can only see that either uh, this service is great for somebody who has no clue and no equipment to do any mix at all. So for him, that will be definitely a great help. Yeah. Or for somebody who is already experienced enough to be able to make clear what he wants from that mix session. I think that's a very, very valid point. And I think that idea about having like a video conference element, I mean, in my opinion, the thing that would make it good is like, right, you get like an hour or three quarters of an hour sort of live face-to-face -face session with that engineer with, you know, maybe low-grade video but high-grade audio feed. So you can kind of, you have a little bit of some sort of uh, interaction. Because I agree, I mean, most of this stuff is reactive, isn't it? It's very hard to be sure. You kind of go, that, what's that? That needs to, do you know what I mean? There are things that are time-dependent for it to work properly. I think in a lot of cases, it's like the, they, they have been offering this service as a mastering service for some time now, haven't they? Um, yeah. You know, uh, and I think that a large part of it, I think, is probably people are going to probably send pretty much mixed stems 
Uh, and then I'm just going to do it just so they can slap mixed at Abbey Road on there. I wonder, yeah, oh, I, won- I wonder if it comes with a graphic album. that you're allowed to use on your recording to say, you know, officially mm. an official mix of Abbey Road, because that would make sense, mm. I mean, for some people at least. You know, and, and I'm sure they'll do a really good job. I, I, I did hear that regarding the mastering side of things that they were moving very quickly through the stuff that they were sent, so putting things through but, a lot of... Um, presets just compressing everything a lot (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and yeah and you know just uh i think you know i think the 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 amount of they probably don't want a lot of personal interaction with with the clients you know and i think they probably want to it's not cheap was it uh, let's have a look it's 550 quid for uh 24 tracks up to 24 tracks and 750 for 25 to 48 uh tracks so it's not an insignificant amount of stuff. I mean, obviously, they must be factoring faff time and, you know, oh, I can't line these up. They're not bar zero stems or whatever. You know, there must be some of that going on in it. But I wonder what, um, yeah, I wonder I wonder how, how useful. But, I mean, is this not something that anybody could really do? I mean, it's not like Abbey Road. Abbey Road haven't got anything special in terms of, you know, online technology that they're using for this. All they're really doing is is providing a form and a payment method and using their brand. So perhaps it's something that we could all kind of get involved with, you know, you, the brand of yourself. Send, send your mixes to me, folks. So, for inch song surgeon, yeah I, don't, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure you could probably undercut 550 for a mix by, you know, a few quid oh, if you yeah. felt the need. Dave, <laughs> Dave, Dave Spit, I'm sorry, I'm speaking out of turn there. You might be, you might be more than that, but you might give more than that too. Yeah, Dave Spears, well, sorry. I had a quick question to um, Rich. Do you know whether that uh, service from Gina is working? Is it is it is it is it happening? Do you know that? I don't know. I don't know. At this moment, I don't know. I know that they poured a lot of time and energy into trying to develop it, and uh, had... they, have a, they have a plugin that does a real time face to face. I think it's called the Glass Virtual Glass or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I'm not sure it was developed in conjunction with somebody else. Uh, but but in any case, that they, they'd gotten far into the development of the thing. They had a large roster of guys who had, you know, tons of album credits. And if you were an aspiring musician, in other words, it all sort of met what I thought her goals were for the concept. But I don't think that it ultimately proved to be as successful as they'd hoped. And I don't know if it continues now and if they're still trying to grow it or not. Okay. I think that's really down to the whole interaction thing. I mean, Dave Spears, have you, I suspect that you, you know, I mean, you, you kind of work on projects where you send things to and fro. I mean, is it, is it more of the same thing or is this a slightly different sort of arrangement? What with the Abbey Road thing? Yeah. It's interesting because we've mastered at Abbey Road. We did a load of the Tron stuff at Abbey Road, uh, which was really fascinating because they got some beautiful old EMI uh, desk stuff that we used, and that was really good. So, I mean, you know, all every time I've been up there, the calibre of engineers has just been brilliant. I think the one thing I, I actually quite like the idea of taking a project to a point and then just kind of handing it to somebody that you know to be competent. And I could, I could certainly see this working. You know, they've been doing it with mastering for ages, haven't they? And I quite like the idea. I think the one thing that would count me out is the fact that a stereo file is counted as two tracks. 
So what? what? Six, six, <laughs> six synth tracks, and I'm already up into the 750 quid bracket, which is a little bit too rich for me. I suppose so. If you're going to put things down, stem, stems with, with, with effects, then they're going to be stereo. That's a good point. So basically, most people, I mean, 25 stereo tracks, well, that's not, it's 12 and a half, 12, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So basically, every mix is going to cost you at least 750 quid, unless you're just doing you and a guitar and some ambient mics. But it is funny, I used to really quite, you know, those days of kind of murdering yourself over a mix in a studio and burning your ears and just ended up completely fatigued. I kind of enjoy the fact that I don't really have to do that anymore. And I quite like, you know, you take it to a certain stage and then you give it to somebody, Andy Shilto, for example, brilliant engineer, and I just hand him stuff and go, just finish it for me. And I've never had an experience where I've gone, oh, I'd like that to have been a little bit louder or a little bit quieter. It's just competency, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I wonder and if you me, get to the situation it. where what you do is you provide a stereo stem and it's just got about nine million little different things on it, all in sort of sequence. So things that don't happen at the same time, you just put them all on one stereo track. So you could you could abuse that system and then they'd have to cut it up and split it out and all that sort of thing. Oh, no, there's all sorts of things, isn't there, on here that you can't... Uh, you can't have a vocal and a guitar solo on the same track. No, I mean they've really thought about it, and obviously. What, a vocal, what about a vocal aspect. and a backing vocal? I mean, how far do you, how far do you go with this specification? I mean, that's that's the thing I was looking at with the FAQ. It just says, "Can I?" and it goes, "No, you can't." Can I do this? No, you can't. Can I do this? Can I have that? No, you can't. I mean, there's only answer yes to I think one question on that. Well, I think FAQ. they've also disqualified an awful lot of uh, potential home studio punters by saying make sure you allow plenty of headroom when printing your multi-tracks <laughs> <laughs> okay well that's basically that's that anyway I, I thought it was fun if you fancy it um if you fancy having the sticker abby wrote oh good lord <laughs> nick brilliant. before we before we wrap this up i want to say i don't think that's an unreasonable price at all no. to pay to pay a highly qualified person to, to mix your music at whatever five fifty a song or seven fifty a song. I no, I don't think that's a lot of money. That I guarantee you, you want to hire Bob Clearmountain or Chris Lord Algae, it's going to cost you a hell of a lot more than that. You know, and if you're signing up to have somebody at Abbey Road do it, you're going to assume you're getting a world class quality engineer. And so that seems like a bit of a bargain to me, actually. So we're just enjoying the benefits of uh, non Eric's ambient mic there track. That's uh, I don't yeah, think that would I don't think that would qualify as one of the stems. I no, I think you're absolutely right. I don't I don't think I was saying that it was too expensive. It was more that all of the limitations, considering that you're paying. You know that usually if you're working with somebody, you get to work on this and explain I, things as you go. If I got to go through a track and pick guitar solo bits out of the middle of background vocals and percussion instruments, that takes me twice, three times as long to execute the same job. Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay. I do think your point, though, of a certain amount of time, FaceTime over the internet would be brilliant, actually, because you could kind of yeah. go, oh, yeah, this yeah. is what I'm heading for, and a little... Yeah. Interesting, but I like, I, you know, as a kind of concept, I quite like it. It's that It just gets back to that age-old thing, wouldn't it, when we all got, you know, Quark Express and thought we were desktop publishers. And of course we weren't. We weren't graphic designers at all. We were idiots. <laughs> right here. Yeah, me too, man. Mm -hmm. Hands up. <laughs> anyway, um, 
but anyway, check it out. Uh, Abbey Road Online Mixing. I'm sure this is the sort of service that will develop, and maybe they will kind of get to a situation where they start to bring in uh, some FaceTime, and that, that would make kind of sense, really, and I think they could, they could use it to good effect. And it would also help to kind of broaden the brand of the studio because you get a kind of window into the, the, the mix room, unless, of course, what they're actually doing is putting some bloke in the back bedroom with a, with a pair of headphones and a laptop so it doesn't look so good on video. I'm sure that's not the case, though. Um, Mac Doctor has said that it's... Will my song be mixed in the box? No, your song will be mixed on one of the consoles here at Abbey Road. That's ah, okay. Well, that's brilliant. Then you should definitely get some video action going because that would make it... <laughs> You know, I want to see those pictures. Yeah, and find out it's a spirit folio that they've had in the cupboard <laughs> for a year. <laughs> I think, I think uh, one of the major problems really is who is the customer, the potential customer. I mean, for a punter who just does it as a hobby, is he going to pay 500 quid for a mix? No, he's going to spend it on software and try it himself. And the professional who's making money on his music is probably also not the target because he's probably already doing his mixes or also in his kind of budget it doesn't work i don't really see the target audience well i think actually if you're having trouble with something like you've got a basic sort of you've got something that feels right but you just can't sort the bottom end out of the bass the beats and the bass drum or whatever then this you know this environment is going to be much easier for that sort of stuff to be sorted out so i mean but yes it's it's a premium but i mean it's a pretty premium band you don't you don't get much more famous than abbey road studios in terms of recording studios right i'd I'd like to try it actually yeah yeah i I see it i do see a market for this yeah okay i don't know if you i don't know if you can hook them you know as a fisherman would but uh, yeah, even gifts. For example, I could see people giving these things to other people as gifts. People who are, in fact, weekend warrior musicians. They're business people. They've got other friends who are business people. And one of the gifts you give somebody for Christmas is a 550-pound mix at you know, Abbey Road Studios or something. I mean, how oh, many oh. of those people are there? I will agree. Perhaps not that many. And I'm not sure how easy they'll be to hook. But there is some kind of market out there for this. And if it were marketed properly, they might be able to do it. Oh, that's genius. Oh, that's genius. And if they do it, we want a percentage because Rich has recommended this. I've got a mate who's got a studio and he does gift vouchers, right? And he said that he, there is no better way of making money in a studio because people buy these things for like Father's Day and stuff and they never, ever get redeemed. And yet, <laughs> it's the cash in his hand. It's the Groupon <laughs> model for recording studios, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> How long does Hans, he have it? Did you, want to re- did you want to respond to that, Hans? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good business model. I ju- I'm just afraid that, um, yeah, I think I can see that a dentist uh, gives this away to his doctor friend. Right, uh, or something. And, and people who buy, uh, you know, they're as old as I am, an old punter, and who suddenly thinks, oh, I have to get back into music, and I buy myself a Strat or my band, and... Yeah, at that level, I can see it, and um, we're not t- talking numbers anyway, so it might just work out if they've got 50 clients a month. I'll say, I'll, 50 clients a month would be all right. Yes, please. That's uh, <laughs> that's 50 grand, isn't it? Is it 50 grand? Right. Or, five, five, 20, 25. 20, 25 20. grand a month. Yeah, that would do. Yeah. Plus Whatever, the regular their business. Setup cost is, their setup cost is like zero. They've got rooms full of gear that they're probably not using every day. And they've, I'm sure, got server space already. 
so their their startup cost is really all about the marketing. There's really nothing much to do. Yeah, excellent. Well, um, I think that's uh, probably put this topic to bed. But yeah, some interesting thoughts there on the whole Abbey Road business. Uh, like I say, online mixing, it's kind of a growth area, really. So um, maybe it'll work very nicely for them. Right, I think actually at this point, we're probably going to say uh, thank you to our sponsor. And here we have, as you can see if you're watching the video stream, which I heartily recommend you do, by the way, the Yamaha Pocket Track C24 clip and W24. These are both some of the smallest handheld recorders, very high resolution, 24-bit 96K. Uh, the W24 comes with a remote, which means if you want to mount it on, say, a mic stand up in the air or whatever, uh, it means you can still operate it for record and playback, well, certainly record, uh, without having to climb up and see what the mirroring's doing. Very, very useful for uh, on-location recording or something where you can't actually get to the, to the recorder. Uh, the W24 has uh, the wireless control, superior battery life, uh, comes with micro SD cards, up to 38 hours of PCM recording on the extended battery life XY configured stereo microphone peak limiter for uh, optimum levels quick start, it's ready in 4.5 seconds which is pretty damn quick for any of these uh, solid state recorders onboard speaker for a quick check and uh, uh, there's a tuner and metronome and Cubase AI5 the C24 however is uh, the world's smallest it's even smaller than the W24 uh, they, they call it the world's smallest pocket, 20, uh, pocket recorder high quality built in omnidirectional stereo microphone, unique attachment clip, lets you put it where you want it. Great patrissades. Again, tuner and metro metronome, four and a half seconds boot up time. So do check it out. This one weighs only 57 grams, which is kind of... Anyway, we just want to say thank you very much to Yamaha for the continued sponsorship of the show. Check out the Pocket Tracks. Go to Yamaha Pulse Store, which are stores within stores in the UK, uh, or if you're in any other part of the world, if you find a larger dealer, they're going to have these things in stock. Maybe take along so, uh, a micro SD card and uh, record some stuff and take it home and see what it sounds like. Uh, but once again, thank you very much. YamahaDownload.com, YamahaSynth.com. Welcome to an exciting new era of visual audio manipulation. Roland Armix is music software for visually analyzing and intuitively manipulating stereo mix audio in real time for Mac and PC. Armix can realize various digital signal processing for music, powered by Roland's newly developed V-Remastering technology and the highly acclaimed VeriPhrase technology. With Armix, there's only one simple and friendly screen to navigate. Armix's controls are designed according to natural workflow, so you can work effortlessly. The self I won't play the whole thing because obviously it's it's quite a long video. But nonetheless, uh, that's new Roland's new Armix announced in the recent Roland Connect uh, event, which was basically uh, at the beginning of September, fifteenth of September. They announced a whole bunch of new things. Uh, but this seems to be something that's kind of got a bit more uh, of. Uh, of a sort of the zeitgeist of the moment, I guess, because we're looking at spectral analysis, we're looking at being able to remove sections and move them around, tune them up and isolate and what have you. I'm wondering, um, I think this is looking at, it's going to be about 85 quid, uh, it's going to be finally released in December. Um, anybody kind of feeling feeling the love for this thing? Is it going to have some use? I can see Gaz putting his thumbs up there, and Rich too, so uh, perhaps we should uh, we can just hear from Gaz quickly uh, how... How, how do you feel it might be useful in your particular workflow? There's, there is going to be an iPad app as well, so I'm guessing that it's going to be for removing vocals and karaoke is probably where it's going to end up. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think it looks really interesting because 
it's you know it's quite an unusual way of displaying the track information isn't it using these kind of weird colored blobs um and i think uh well i think at the price point as well that's, i'm really surprised for roland to release a piece of software that cheap really that seems well, quite cheap i think for, for just them. roland and software are not two things that you tend to put together obviously since cakewalk uh, came along it's kind of there's an association but n- not that's true now, mind you, one of my favourite ever VSTs uh, was the Edirol Orchestral HQ, which was, I don't know, it's like probably 10 years old now, but that was a great piece of software. Um, but other than that, yeah, they're not that well known for their software, are they? Uh, the governor says it looks like a Winamp visualisation to me, and it's it's kind of, let's see if I can find that. It does actually, I mean, I, I can see what you, you, you mean there, um, but it's also got this kind of, you know, the, the, the thing that's happening at the moment is a lot to do with uh, this, like, uh, stylus, uh, sorry, uh, isotope RX, and um, there are, so, uh, there's a quick quack audio thing. I've forgotten what that's called, but there's, there are a few things which use this sort of, this visual paradigm, which we've, we've perhaps looked at before, and I'm guessing that this is one of the things that they're kind of going to use it for. Rich, do you, do you think that there's there's a use for it in in your world in the sort of professional studio application well all i can tell you is that since 1970 probably 5000 people have individually asked me at one time or another how do i remove the vocal from this piece of music <laughs> yeah so yes i think that there is a use for this thing i'm wondering if um, but and, and it does i noticed i was as i was doing my research somebody on the page on the sonic state page had commented that it reminded them of this other piece of software by quick quack that you mentioned called mash tactic and ah, I that's right. we talked about again. it before you i went and looked again at mash tactic and indeed it is almost identical to mash tactic um it doesn't operate exactly the same way but it shows you the same kind of colored blob field as a as a visual aid to selecting what you want to do what you want to process and their ability to like grab a chunk of something and then move it left and move it right and make it go away and make it come back and do whatever you process just it and not the rest of the man this is some very very impressive stuff and opens up uh at least my mind my fertile imagination to uh various mix techniques that i would not have otherwise considered or mastering techniques, I should say, because really this is to deal with uh, final. It seems like it's better to deal with final mixed product is what it's really. Well, that's true. Is. It, it yeah. sort of reminds me a little bit of that. Um, isn't there that was Hans? Maybe you'll know um, that there's an SPL mastering unit, which is you can use to to broaden and narrow and bring in and out the center and and the sides. It's sort of. I wonder if it's possible to do that kind of thing with it. Vitalizer. Yeah, uh, no, it's not a vitalizer. I forgot. It's like a, um, it's an SPL mastering piece of hardware. I forgot. We did cover it at Music Messer uh, maybe a year or two ago. Mm. I wonder if it's actually got, do you think it's got mastering use or really it's just going to be people who want to make karaoke tracks? Karaoke tracks. <laughs> Perhaps so. Uh, I, I must admit, I, it's mastering that is what interests me with it. You know, because well, I so sometimes th- get things. Bringing the center up and down and that kind of stuff. Definitely, yeah. And then, you know, and I do get people sending me some terribly mixed tracks to master and sort of, so anything that gives me some sort of two track control is definitely. But guys, would you trust the Roland software with that? Are you sure? (laughs) 
I don't I mean, know. There's so many. There's, no, <laughs> not talking to, to this Roland, but there's uh, a couple of other uh, pro uh, already proven uh, software out there that you could use. Why would you um, uh, start using the 80 quid Roland software? I'm, I'm... I, I guess at 85 pounds, that's a reasonable kind of entry point there sort of uh so even if you don't use it a lot i think it's kind of i think if it was i think if it costs a lot more money then it would be probably wouldn't be so interested in it but i think i think they might have just priced it just right actually you know even if it is a bit novelty you know i think it's uh i think there still could be some good uses of it um, yeah, the maybe, thing I, yeah. maybe i've got something wrong uh, but isn't there already technology out there with Melodyne and other software that does exactly the same thing? Or no? Or I've got it, no, maybe it, I'm wrong. It doesn't. It doesn't quite do it's the same price. thing, does it? Not it's quite not same. quite no. at the same price. It, yeah. it, I mean, it's more granular the Melodyne stuff. I mean, admittedly, it's more professional. More perhaps this is. I think this is perhaps designed to be a little bit more, bit broader and more kind of uh, mass appeal. Obviously, the way that they're flogging it because uh, using it yeah. for mix minors I, and karaoke and stuff. I mean. I, I keep I coming back to the K word. Yeah, I would prefer it if it was in a plug-in format rather than as a kind of standalone wave editor thing. Mm. You know, I think that's sort of, from a workflow point of view, doesn't sound that appealing having to sort of, you know, open up another piece of software and, you know, bounce it around. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dave Spears, um, you, I know you're a big fan of the isotope stuff. I mean, is there kind of anything that uh, this offers that you might find useful in that it doesn't necessarily do, you know, in other ways? I quite like the example of, you know, moving the lead vocal around the um, space, the pan space. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, not really. I mean, I love, yeah, I absolutely love, love, love RX. And uh, I've, I'd kind of heard about this a long time ago. I think that it might have been... Uh, not foisted on, but I think, you know, Cakewalk might have been persuaded to sort of take this on, and I'm not sure. But it is, it's a kind of, it's a weird thing, because A, normally software side of things falls to any role, and that's not the case in this time. B, they seem to have taken our kind of lead in announcing something to be released much later. <laughs> this isn't out until January 212. <laughs> um, yeah, not quite as bad as us, but... um. Yeah, no, interesting. I mean, I do, you know, for me, the whole spectral thing is really fascinating. And I, like I say, I love RX2. It's a really creative tool. And this doesn't strike me as having that kind of creative ability. It's more uh, like you say, a sort of mastering gizmo with leanings towards karaoke. And slowing down guitar riffs. I mean, I think they've had a lot of this technology in their kind of uh, workstations because you always get the, I think in the Roland GI, DI, all of that stuff with the sort of the mix minus button and different algorithms. I mean, obviously, it's probably only vaguely related, but they obviously think that there, there, there must be quite a lot of requests for this feature. As you say, Rich, you know, the thousands of requests that you've had for how can I remove the vocal for this. But in my experience, those don't, you know, those, they don't always work that well because that only works fine if the vocal is dead center and hasn't got loads of uh, layering and pitch uh, related effects that are panned out wide and all of that thing because you just end up with, with a weird mix. Yeah, but Melodyne does it really, really well. <laughs> it does. It's I mean, it, it's also a lot more expensive, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, the one thing that was kind of fun was the VP9000. Um, obviously, I was looking at back at Verifrace, and I know because uh, Mark uh, texted in last week when we were doing the show, and he said he'd just gone to buy a VP9000, and I was really quite impressed. I, I found this video. Let me see if I could just play that, because I think just to remind us how awesome or not the uh, the Roland technology was. This is We're talking, what, 12 years ago? Just solo material played from a keyboard. Don't you let me go, baby. Don't you let me go, baby. Don't you let me go, baby. After you build your vocals, you can have them slave to a master tempo from your sequencer for real-time time stretching to fit your tune. Don't you let me go, baby. Don't Again, I'm not going to play all of that, but... I that really, I just thought, God, that technology, it kind of passed me by a little bit here. And it was absolutely mind-blowing at the time. And we're talking 2000 there, um, in terms of hardware, a hardware sampler that would do all of that stuff. I mean, that was that was really difficult to achieve uh, any other way at, the, at that time. Are, am I am I, um, am I misrepresenting uh, history there? Looking, but judging by the look on Richard's face, I probably am. Put me straight, Rich. What? How long have people been vocoding and doing things of that sort? Well, not, of not vocoding, not vocoding, no, but being able to real audio. the elastic audio. I mean, they actually used the phrase elastic audio back then, which is kind of is that not pre pre melodyne pre all of the other stuff? It must have been. It may have been the first use of the yeah. phrase, but people have been trying to do it and at varying degrees of success for I don't know almost twenty years at that point, fifteen at least. I guess but so. it was a great product. I don't mean to slag the product at all, or you, but uh, it, <laughs> but well, that just really? wasn't the beginning of. <laughs> By then, I had been doing it on people's records using Digitech product for years. Oh, what like the um, what was that? The various vocal, the vocalist, the, the original yeah, was yeah, yeah. the Digitech vocalist, which accepted MIDI input, uh, and so I did a record on which almost. All the background vocals were generated by me from alternate lead vocal takes and using a Digitech vocalist with MIDI input. Nice. And you can still and, do that. Uh, uh, TC use a lot of that technology now as well, don't they? It's the, it was the timing, the timing of the phrasing, the very phrase rather than just the harmonizing, which was kind of interesting to me with that particular technology, which is a bit different to just the real-time harmonization, right? What's it, well, yeah, but what's interesting to me is that we struggled mightily to eliminate the glitching, which today would be celebrated with parades down Main Street. <laughs> That's what's ironic to me about it, is we went nuts trying to eliminate the glitching, and today this would be like, wow, how'd you do that? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, it was nothing, really. Yeah, quite really, literally. Absolutely. We, we just let it go that way. That's, that's all we had to do. Yeah, I guess so. I never, I never got my hands on a VP nine thousand. I'm kind of thinking I'd like to have a go on Marks now because I think he might have something that looks like quite fun to play with. I don't know what the specs were of it in terms of sampling time and polyphony and things, but yeah, it was a three grand original price. It was a lot of cash, but uh, it looks like it'd be kind of fun. I'm pretty sure we hired one in when Mark and I worked together in the in 2002 on Duran Duran's record. At one point, we were looking for some kind of vocoder-like effect, and many things were tried, and eventually the original Roland keyboard vocoder was used um, with gobs of EQ and compression and stuff. But but uh, 
I'm pretty sure we tried in a we had in a VP because the VP nine thousand series was fantastic technology. They really did a great job with it, and their real time time stretching and algorithms were very very impressive for their day. And uh, who knows? It well, foretold it foretold a whole era of post Ableton like behavior that we all take for granted now, as though we've had it all our lives. Yeah, it just feels like Roland maybe got the um, the dirty end of the stick there because they didn't really get credited with kind of innovating any of that stuff. And when in fact it looks like they were a little bit actually. Original. They often do. They often do get the dirty end of the stick. I mean, on the software thing, I was using a Roland sequencing software in the mid eighties on a PC. Now, it, I agree, they got out of the software business for a good 25 years there until they bought the uh, Sonar Cakewalk bunch some years ago. But, uh, you know, Roland was in software early on. They were, they've done a lot of things early on. I, of course, we all have great respect for them as a company, even though Yamaha's our sponsor. <laughs> well, of course. Uh, we treat everybody equally badly here. <laughs> on a on a on a rolling note, though, you know, obviously, sort of the much derided Jupiter eighty. Um, the street, the <laughs> the price of that now seems to be a lot cheaper now. I wonder, have they dropped the price? Given sort of, uh, well, I mean, it's two and a half thousand UK pounds now. Where we thought it was going to be a thousand pounds more than that. You know, I'm not sure. I did see one in the wild on Saturday. I went to a local festival and there was a band playing and uh, there was a Jupiter 80 there and I was really quite surprised. I thought, oh, wow. And it sounded great on the PA. I mean, it was kind of mostly piano-y based stuff as far as I could tell. I mean, I don't know what else it was doing because I wasn't familiar with their material. But, you know, it seemed to seemed to do the job and stood up to being in a rainy field with a, probably <laughs> a dodgy pa- electro- electric supply. But, I mean, Roland Gitt, you know, does, it does have all of that. It's robust, isn't was- it? I was just mentioning that, though, just just as an example of roller knocking that is a, a popular oh, pastime yeah. these days. Well, we should probably not go on about the Jupiter and the brand and the JP80 and all that stuff. We've just be- The less said about it, probably the better. Wouldn't you agree, Hans? <laughs> yes, and, but when I look back, I'd still love to have a Roland 100. Yeah. Mm. Mm, wouldn't we mm. all? Uh, and they had some great, I mean, they used to own an MKS-80, wonderful beast. Yeah, no, they do sound lovely. They do sound lovely. And speaking, this is kind of bizarre, because we can sort of go to completely the opposite end of the spectrum now. Uh, I'm going to throw, I'm going to experiment here, because uh, those of you listening on audio will not enjoy the full uh, marvellousness of my uh, my new camera switch, which is now I've, I've figured out how to grab the screen on one of my other computers. And here it is, and it's also grabbing my, uh, I'll bring my... And this is Oscillicious, uh, Soda Synth. Uh, it looks like, I mean, this, we're talking complete at uh, different ends of the spectrum here. Uh, and let me see if I can get it to work. It's basically, it's a browser-based synth that you play from the keyboard. Now, look, I'm not professing that it's anything marvellous, but this has quite a big significance because what they've done here, uh, Oscillicious have created some... Um, They've created a, a plugin in Chrome that's written in C++. So it's a native application that's running as an add-on in the browser rather than a Flash thing or rather than anything else. And this, I believe, at least uh, perhaps people can clarify this for me, is not something that you see every day because most of these things are generally based on a, another client, another third. So this is compiled specifically to run in this environment. As such, the triggering is an awful lot faster and actually almost, you know, to the point where the latency is not so much of an issue. And I just wonder whether or not uh, this means anything to anybody. 
perhaps. I, I think it, yes. I mean, I think it ties in with uh, the Chromebook uh, and what is probably going to happen in the future. Uh, the Chromebook is this uh, laptop that's recently been released that just runs Chrome and you can't, so it boots into the browser So yeah. and you can't see no desktop. There isn't a kind of, you know, like a, a Windows underlying thing there. So it seems to me anyway, very much like that, that they're trying to sort of take Apple on in a way with their sort of, you know, iOS platform, but by doing it sort of, you know, encouraging sort of browser-based apps. And I think we'll see loads more of it. So, yes, I wonder if I we will, actually, because, I mean, it, 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 this is the first time I've actually seen it. And obviously um, what this is, is it, it is in fact a... Uh, it's a sort of trailer for the SodaSynth VST, which is, um, you know, the, the synth that they're selling. I mean, it's only kind of 29 bucks or whatever, but it seems like a remarkably good piece of PR. Or maybe it's not. Maybe I'm kind of adding a little bit too much uh, relevance to it. I don't know. Hans, you're looking like you're about to put me right. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps you should. <laughs> <laughs> well, the point is, um, I switched about uh, six or six, around six or nine months ago, I switched all my office environment into the cloud. And it's been such a liberating thing, you know, to do everything in Google Docs and, and Gmail and have everything sort of available from every browser. And before that, I could hardly imagine that I would want to go that way. But now I've got rid of all this backing up and just being able to use, uh, do Office on this one laptop. And I can see that uh, why shouldn't the music studio move into the cloud? I've seen, the, you probably know this environment, I don't know what it's called, um, with the, the whole Roland range. As uh, a, Hob, as a, Hobnox. As, it's Hobnox. Yeah, it's a fla- it's Flash-based. And it's great. I mean, and we, I've seen, you know, once in a while, I see this stuff on the web, you know, somebody's doing a multi-track recorder. And I, I don't see, after my experiences moving the office into the cloud, I see no reason why in the future we just do music in the browser. <laughs> Sounds weird, but I can see it happening. I think perhaps for the applications, maybe. I mean, the data, the sort of data that we got to shift around is is not practical. And I know Rich has um, mentioned before there are security implications for, you know, for, for that kind of thing. But certainly perhaps running synthesizers or widgets or downloading in that way, maybe that would be uh, certainly possible. I don't know, um, D- uh, Dave Spears. You are, um, you know, you're involved in coding instruments. Do you think this is a vibe? I mean, I I have no idea what would be going on behind the scenes here, but it seems to me, uh, I got an email from the from the chap who wrote this, and he just sort of said, I thought you might like to know that it's the first, and it seems like it may be a very kind of understated milestone in some way. Uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously most web apps are written in something which is, um portable without having to recompile it so that's why stuff's done in java and flash and or something similar so our kind of guess is that if they have done this in c++ then they've probably got a downloadable platform specific browser plugin that gets installed rather rather like the kind of flash plugin but yeah i mean anything that's coded in c++ is very very good usually (laughs) efficiency well um you go to the google app store 
which is an online thing, and you just download it and install it in the same way that you can do the same thing for. They've now introduced sort of offline Google Calendar, Google Mail, and those things. I mean, obviously there are other services, <coughs> cloud-based services, other than those um, provided by Google. But I mean, this is just quite an interesting, met um, or not, maybe. Um, so, did you hear it? Yeah, sorry, no, I missed it on their um, website. I didn't, I didn't hear the actual audio demo or anything. Oh, the audio demo, I can play that for you if you like. Here we, here it comes. This is the uh, sound of the Soda Synth VST, which the, uh, the Soda Synth Chrome plugin is based on. I don't think the drums are, but the, their principle is that this is uh, all to do with very clean, non-affected sounds that are easy to place in a mix, and it uses uh, spectral morphing, apparently. Although you don't get to use any of that in uh, in the actual um, <clears throat> the Chrome version of that, it's just flipping through presets. But they say that it's using the same technology. Cool. Anyway, um, I can see that. Yeah, no, standard are right, and it's, it's got that magic word again at the minute, isn't it? Spectral. Huh. Spectral. Yes. It seems to be a magic word. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting. Uh, perhaps not as interesting, uh, more interesting for me, perhaps than anybody else on the show. <laughs> I don't know, Rich. Have you got anything to add, or am I just digging myself? a much deeper hole. I couldn't get the thing to load on either of two computers. Oh, really? It will. It works yeah. on OS X 10.5. So I found 8. the latency to be unacceptable because I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> that is some serious latency right there. I thought we could call the show Spectral Moanings. Spectral Moanings. Yes, show titles always welcome. I had the show title earlier that Nick said during the com- during the commercial, like I don't know, a ah, small piece of cheese. A small piece would, of yeah. cheese, yes. <laughs> Although that might not end up in the actual edited MP3 version. That's fine. It'll just it'll just survive as a title, man. <laughs> yeah, what a beautiful thing, <laughs> a sort of uh, mercurial and uh, ephemeral thing that the, that the show title is. Oh, right. Let's have a look here. What else have we got? Um, Arduino. Was that the next thing? Let me just have a look. Actually, no, first of all, I think what I'll do is I'll just... Um, I would like to say a word from our sponsors, obviously. Another, Our other sponsors, Mac Pro Video, of course, uh, who do uh, indeed offer some of the finest amount and the, the largest number and the high-quality um, training videos on the interweb, downloadable, and you can also subscribe. Uh, we are very fortunate to be able to offer you a 20% discount on all downloads. So all you have to do is go to sonicstate.com forward slash MPV, and that'll bounce you off to their site where it will apply their said 20% discount. Uh, discount is going to be available purely on downloads. If you do subscriptions, um, it's not available on those. But if you want to just try it out, they've got, they've got courses on all kinds of stuff. We're talking... Uh, Cubase, Pro Tools, Logic, GarageBand, Isotope, uh, Reason, um, Live. I mean, there's just tons and tons and tons of it. It really is an enormous number. So if you want to save 20%, try them out on a download. SonicState.com forward slash MPV for your Mac Pro video 20% discount. Okay, um, right. Well, the Arduino Twit Tinker Kit. Now this is uh, this I realised uh, we didn't cover it last last week. Um, I think we didn't didn't quite make it into the show, but we'll just if I just run it in, we could just have a listen and a look and see what Arduino can do for you. This is an Arduino polyphonic synthesizer, of all things. Admittedly, it might not be the most compelling demonstration of the technology, but. 
the point is that what you can do is you can cr- you can buy uh, these various different kits and uh, com- combinations of hardware, which are kind of microprocessor controlled. Uh, well, they're microprocessor control boards with USB interfaces, MIDI interfaces, Ethernet, uh, all kinds of you know serial ports or what have you. And people, uh, you you see these particularly at maker shows where people make all their own stuff. And there's a there's a maker shed Arduino ADK Tinker Kit which provides you with tons and tons and tons of pre-made bits and gizmos to attach to your USB uh, interface. Now I know maybe we're not the sort of people that have time to tinker with this kind of thing. But it got me thinking a little bit more about, well, you know, the, the, this is the sort of thing that, you know, like, like having time to kind of build a modular synthesizer. What would, you, what would you do if you had the time? Would you be interested in something like Arduino or would you uh, have you something else sort of on your event horizon that you're just waiting for the time to be able to spend time on? Obviously, music technology related, related. I don't want to hear about painting the shed or having an allotment necessarily, but... A music technology kind of thing. <laughs> so, uh, I know, Hans, we've, uh, as you're not a regular on the show these days, I think it's only fair that I should ask you first. You know, what have you got planned for your, not for when you have a bit of time to tinker with some music technology? What would you like? Sort of? Well, first of all, this looks like a, uh, a Curtis chip on steroids, right, Dave? In a way, isn't it? Sorry, I was muted, yes. Oh, uh, okay. So it has, yeah, it has synthesis capabilities as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Uh, I think so. Or did I get it wrong? I think you might be right because it'll do a, a bunch of stuff. Because I would like to build, rebuild a Roland System 100, not the M1, but the one that uh, Human League used for the first two albums, you know, with the built in sequencer and everything. That would be a project I would like to uh, get into. You know, maybe try the Dr. DIY kit and. <laughs> throw some stuff in from these guys that would be fun it's interesting you should mention that because um we interviewed matt robertson who is uh, bjork's md and is also into synth himself and he's been he's been trying to build replication replicants of classic analog synthesizers out of component modules so doing a bit of hardwiring and you know so that they've got the same set of parameters but it's not actually a Korg MS20 it's just got all the bits that a Korg MS20 would have made out of individual modules so that's a kind of interesting project nice idea <laughs> KRSAT says in the chat room paint the kitchen uh which is obviously <laughs> yeah there's a lot of that in fact that reminds me of a funny story today we had a cleaner in for the first time ever and uh, we tidied up a bit, you know, and cl- got things off shelves and did all those things. And uh, they didn't show up this morning, so I was, you know, I was hoping to kind of say, well, they t- just, you know, maybe work on this. And I'm really glad I didn't now because uh, Jane just got back home. She phoned me up and said, oh, this is really embarrassing. They left a note saying, I'm sorry we didn't get as much done as we thought we would. Your house is much, much dirtier than we expected. <laughs> <laughs> so I think mine must be cleaning. Obviously, that's what I need to uh, create, create some time for. <laughs> I but my red face has gone even redder in this uh, this this puce re- webcam. So anyway, um, perhaps somebody next. And Dave Spears, help help deflect some of the attention away from my filthy house. Yeah, problem is I never have any space um, or time. Yeah, no, I do. I'd like to learn more about electronic engineering. Definitely, definitely. And obviously, this is a kind of microcontroller. And yes. I, would, I could see me kind of getting into this when I've got a shed and I'm a little bit older. But at the minute, I just need to stop biting off projects because I'm annoying everybody going, yes, yes, let's do that. Yes, yes, let's do that. 
And I think if I was to have any projects, and I know this is really boring and it gets back to uh, something unmusic tech, I would do something that doesn't involve me sitting at a computer, which is why I quite like this, because it's like sort of electronic engineering Lego for grown-ups, semi-grown-ups. <laughs> right. <laughs> Degrease the sliders on my ARP Odyssey, says the governor in the chat room. That's uh, that, yeah, that, that's it's, it's, yeah, it's true. There's no shortage of things to do. Is there, really? No, uh, Rich. I'm guessing there's probably something that you know that you, you you might like to spend a bit of time doing if you have the time. You know that maybe I, I'd like to kind of tidy my studio and get it all nice as well, and obviously the house. I'd like to grow some hair. <laughs> No, uh, seriously, though, as regards this whole, I think Dave summed it up perfectly with the Legos, you know, grown-up Legos for grown-ups uh, electronics. Yeah, but throughout the history, almost, of home electronics, there has been a market-directed uh, approach towards people who want to build their own. And in the beginning of Home Hi-Fi, it was like Heathkit and stuff like that. And Moog got his start selling vocoder kits so kit-based exploration has always been you know and and you know when you were a kid maybe they had chemistry sets and you know it just kit-based exploration has always been a popular marketing target and i'm not surprised to see it brought into the modern age with this sort of you create a generic hardware platform around which you can then set up a series of controllers and devices and try to make something cool and new out of it in terms of my own interest and my own learning, I tend not to be so much of the kit guy and never was, but more the guy who's trying to find a creative way to apply it in a musical way towards some sort of technical goal. Yeah, application. Yeah, that's sort of more my area. I understand that. I'm kind of doing that all the time. And I know um, non-Eric's in the same boat as me, you know, just figuring out how to get all of these various different bits just to work and do what you want. Because I can't write the software to do it all. So I have to figure out all the other bit, how it all works in another way. But an an interesting thing, every man needs a hobby. And um, I think for some of us, our sort of hobby is almost our work, which is, I'm not sure how healthy that is in every case, but it just, it tends to be, tends to be the way. I know I, I speak for myself until I get myself a new bicycle and start maybe doing something that doesn't involve sitting in front of a computer, like you say, Dave. Yes, I've been told I'm at the 11th hour now. Change your posture or become one of those stupid old men. Well, I'm looking at you. You're slouching. <laughs> you're not, you're not doing your homework. Don't, yeah. don't you worry, Dave. I got that stupid old man thing covered. <laughs> it's brilliant. My, this, the, my back woman is actually coming to this room and she's going to tell me how to sit properly and arrange my desk. <laughs> Does she know what she's let herself in for? No, I tried to describe it, but yeah, I said, once you're in, you never get out. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Careful. That sounds like a threat. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think that covers the Arduino and the other uh, topics. Um, did anybody want to briefly do the uh, recorders or uh, how are we doing for time for everybody? Can I pimp something? You can pimp something? Yeah. Do all of that. Go. I don't, I, I've got nothing personally to gain out of this, but... Um, We've done a deal with, uh, well, actually, when I say we, I can't take any credit at all for this. This is more to do with Kent and Richard Lawson. Ah, they the Moog raffle. This whole thing. Yeah, so we've done a, they've done a Moog raffle. It's like one of, uh, there's two lots of everything that we do and two controllers, and the raffle tickets are only 20 bucks. So 
There you go. I've pimped it. Go buy some. 20 bucks. There are 500 tickets. There are two sets of prizes. So, and you can buy as many tickets as you like. So as they helpfully say, I think I mentioned that in my press release, uh, my press story, uh, if you buy six for 100 bucks, you've got a much higher, you've got more, whatever that is, whatever your odds are, six in, six in 500. No, six in 250. And if you keep going, then I'm guessing you could just buy as many as you like, and then you've, you're almost guaranteed a win, right? <laughs> you move, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. I well, I've bought most of them. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did get an email from a customer who said he bought seven yesterday. Wow, wow. that's good. And it all goes to a good cause because it's the Bob Moog Foundation, which is uh, all about bringing uh, science and technology and through musical electronic instruments to kids in schools and educational places and a variety of other brilliant projects too. So everybody wins. And I suppose there's one other thing that we need. Obviously, we uh, haven't mentioned our competition. The competition is for the uh, Sonic State theme tune. Uh, well, it's the, sorry, the, the, the podcast introduction tune. Uh, we want a under 20 seconds piece of music. Uh, the prize being um, just the glory of it being used for Sonic State, plus a bespoke head torch, as was demonstrated last week. If you go and check the uh, back of the live, the live stream, you'll always see that. And also, uh, we get you get to have a feature. We'll do a little feature on you about uh, what you used, how you put it together. And uh, we have had a submission. Uh, we have a Dropbox, pa- a Dropbox page, which I shall show you here. Uh, let me just... Uh, the Dropbox page on SoundCloud. Uh, you just got to drop it in, upload, and uh, we can get hold of it that way. But Guru One, who is from Australia, I believe, has uh, submitted the first one. I'll just play this. Oh, cool. Somebody's done it. Sonic State. Sonic State. Sonic State. There we go. He, he describes that as ambient metal, which I I'm guessing... that synth is. Do you? <laughs> I do, yeah. I can tell you now, but uh, I won't. And Dave is modelling a head torch. Oh, he whipped it off. Yeah, the, and, the, and actually, here's the head torch. I told, I told my wife about this last week, and I said, oh, you wouldn't believe it, because Fritz Hilton's got one virtually identical. And she said, actually, that one did come from America. Ah. And I said, in which case, Nick is probably going to have a hard job finding one over here. So it's a really desirable present. Ah, very rare. Well, I might have to talk to Rich about, um, I'll locate one and maybe have it drop shipped or something. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how it's going to work. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, enter, enter the competition. We uh, submit like a tune. the village people, don't we? <laughs> 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 submit a tune, uh, sonicstay.com. Um, the, the Dropbox will be on all the podcasts. I'm working, uh, all the podcast pages, I'm working on getting uh, a page together where we can throw the uh, submissions up and everything. But uh, it's a very loose competition. It's not a serious one. It's going to be announced in the show closest to Halloween. So uh, please do enjoy that. And I'm guessing now we're sort of heading towards the end of the show. It seems to have gone very quickly. It's been very much fun as usual. So I want to say that's great. I like that look, the lighthouse look. So I want to say thank you to all the guests. Um, we'll start off with that the beacon. Beacon of knowledge there, who's flashing away, uh, which was Rich Hilton, Hiltonius.com. I'm guessing that Hans may have run off to find his own very own head torch. So Rich Hilton from uh, Hiltonius.com, thanks for joining us, Rich. Um, I'm hoping you've got a productive and enjoyable day in the studio over at Nile Rogers' private facility. Absolutely, and thank you. Always have a great time. And while uh, we'll say also to the other beheaded head torched person, 
That being uh, Dave Spear from G4 Software. Let's just see. I'll have the light on if you don't mind. Have you got? Is the battery working on there? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Whoa, sweet. I'm liking it. So G4Software.com makes the fine musical instruments. And that... Uh, that's really weird. That is non-Eric in a kind of uh, a sort of scary action man face. That's not a head torch, but it's something equally weird. Are you a karate guy now, Hans? You can uh, check it out on zigzagziggy.com. Zigzagziggy.com. Yeah, it's my music project. Okay, brilliant. It's a kind of, well, anyway, um, but failing that, also check out hands on musotalk.de where he's got hours and hours of amazing content uh, obviously in german language uh, if that's what what you understand it's well worth doing it uh, all on music technology and recording techniques and workshops and reviews and all that kind of stuff so thank you very much hans for joining us it's been a pleasure to have you i hope we get you again sometime soon and finally gaz williams songsurgeon.co.uk who has not got a head torch but Oh, there's something there. What have you got there, there, Gaz? You have to speak so your your uh, your window gets bigger. You got an iPad, Gaz? I've never known that. Uh, I know what that is. That is that vid um, vids thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that looks great. We'll have to try that out. Brilliant. It's, it reminds me of those kind of YouTube grid videos that you get of all those sort of things. It's a really good idea. Anyway, guess yeah, song, songsurgeon.co.uk. What was that app called? That app is called Madpad. Madpad. And it is just the most fun thing. You can just get, it's just, it's just absolutely brilliant fun. You can get it for the iPad, uh, for the iPhone as well. Uh, it's just, it's a brilliant party thing. But it's actually, you can actually do musical kind of stuff with it as well. Um, with, you know. But anyway, uh, I was just going to just give that a big up because that's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Uh, Sonic177 in the chat room says, I did a kitchen utensil orchestra with uh, MadPad. Oh, so, cool. That sounds fun. Dude, Can you? This. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to get this. I haven't got a video it's, camera on my um, iPad, just, unfortunately. Um, but I think you can... Can you make it on a... Oh, no, you don't have an iPhone, do you? Um, but I think you can make them on the iPhone and then open them in the, I, in the iPad. But, um, you know, it's... It's a lovely, it's a lovely, simple piece of software, and you just, um, well, if I just show you this now, when you go into create mode, uh, you get like, um, it goes up into, you get all the slots there. I don't know if you oh, can And you see just that. record a little bit for each one? You just push, push one of the things, la, la, etc. And then and then it's got like a threshold. So as soon as you cross the threshold it will start recording. Are you holding then, that uh, with your um gorilla iPad holder as well? Show us that in situ. Just nice. That's very interesting that. Mm, anyway, Gaz Williams, thank you again for your talk. I think Gaz, me and you are gonna have to talk seriously about doing an iPad show because you're just full of them. <laughs> sorry everyone no it's absolutely fan- no it's absolutely fantastic thank you very much much appreciated of course uh, so once again that was Sonic Talk number uh, ooh, 235 uh, those eagle eyed amongst you last week will notice that I got the number wrong uh, certainly in the recording so that was Sonic Talk number 235 thanks once again to our sponsors check out the Yamaha Pocket Track C C24 and W24 uh, very nice little tinsy handheld recorders and also 
Mac Pro video, uh, down, any of the downloads, save 20% uh, via our coupon by going to sonicstate.com forward slash MPV. And don't forget, enter the competition. You'll find the details in the show notes for this show. Uh, create the theme tune uh, in under 20 seconds and enjoy the glory. And a head torch. Oh, cool. Somebody's done it. Sonic State. Sonic State. Sonic State. Sonic State.